0: Eight to five, minus. eight to five, get it, get it, Just get it. 8 to 5 get it, get it, 8 to 5 wind, fire, wind, fire. get it, get it, get it, five. it, get it, get it, get it, get get it, to floor 5 of Corporate Courtney. And this is your host, Courtney Johnson. I am in a much more lifted mood than the last two episodes, so I thought we may do something a little more scheduled. I don't want anyone to think that we are no longer focusing on the events that are happening in America at the moment. There is still work to be done on the ground floor for civil rights and the injustices that black people have been calling out in this country. And a lot of it is still being actioned on. There are still protests occurring. There is still fund generation. There have not been charges for the police officers that shot Breonna Taylor. There are legislation being worked on, but that is not passed yet. So there is still tons and tons of work to be done. But I kind of wanted to get this podcast back on some sort of track and talk about something a little more related, but not quite on the protest. So please don't take this as me moving on. We never really get to truly move on. I am a black woman, so there will probably never in my lifetime be removal of injustices of such, and so the fight will never actually stop for me. But I do want to try discussing other topics for this podcast. However, this probably will be more prevalent as of late because of what's going on in America than it has been for some people. But I want to talk about your white allies in the office. And you can't see it because this is a podcast, but there are quotations around that word ally like no other. I think Amanda Seals puts it perfectly when she talks about white people. And she always says there are people who are white and then there are people who happen to be white. And this is for white people. This is not people who just happen to be white. These are people who are fronting like they are allies, but at the end of the day, Their white supremacy leaks all over everything that they do at the expense of me. I have found in the office place that a lot of people try really hard to connect with people on a personal level. They want to talk about their lives and all of the drama that occurs and their breakups and their boyfriends and their kids And I, as a human being, prefer to keep work professional. I do not come to work to make friends. I have friends outside of the office and I come to do a job. Now, I completely understand that we spend more of our time in our lives in the office space. So there is possibility that you will make friends in the office. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't. It's just not my priority. However, some people seem to make it their priority. And when you don't exactly give them all of the personal details of your own life after they've drained you of every ounce of ambiguity and professionalism in the office, they try to find different ways to connect. And for some reason, there are people who seem to think that because I am a black woman, The best way to connect with me is to remind me that they are the good type of white person. They are an ally. They know all of the issues that I can be going through and that they're here to help. And that they understand and want to check their white privilege. However, they do not actually act that way. I've grouped all of these people in as like Bernie bros. They're the people who act like socialism is the only way to get things done. They care about all of the things you're supposed to care about as a black person, but to an extreme level and that it needs to be discussed in the office. And I've been getting it a lot lately. Uh, I think the conversation topic about Karen being the operative word that people on the Internet have deemed for white women who always need to talk to a manager or call the cops for no unnecessary reason. Just the superiority complex that white women tend to get. And I had a a manager literally talk to me about Karens as if it was a normal term to use in the office place. This stereotype and this internet joke. And she was seriously trying to connect with me on that level. I had told her one time about how I do Orange Theory when she was trying to join up and I was telling her that there is this group of girls that listen to the music and they always bug our instructor, or our coach to play this remix version of Pony by Genuine and that it is so ridiculous and that when I'm working out, I'm not trying to hear Genuine But they love it. And so I laugh at them. And she was talking about how she was listening to this 90s R&B station and Pony came on. And all she could think about were the Karens in my Orange Theory class. And it just, it, it stopped me in my tracks. For a moment, I let it slide because I was like, maybe she thinks that she's using hip lingo to connect with the younger person in the office. And then I really thought about it. If I was a little blonde girl named Courtney, would she have called them Karens? Would she have even brought that up to me? I. It just, it felt so performative. And now with some of the protests, she's sending me tweets about things of political nature and how anyone who brings up black on black crime is doing it to deflect, and it doesn't really truly show because of the small sample size. And again, I thought, nothing about me has ever told this woman what my political views are. I don't go into the office and talk about who I voted for. I do not express my disdain for the things that I'm seeing in this world in the office. I'm actually very quiet and do not chime in on any of my personal beliefs because I really don't want to get into it in the office. Because if I'm going to have a debate and we're not seeing things eye to eye, I don't want to have to continue to work with you as if something's different. I actually prefer to not talk about it. I think when I was little, my mom said, you know, in the workplace, you don't talk about age, weight, and political beliefs. However, when I got into corporate America, that's all anybody talks about. And she's actually one of the more harmless white people, I think, where they're just doing it to try and have a connection. Then there are the type that want to prove that they are good people and that you should trust and love them. But their whole identity is baked into some sort of victimhood when it suits them. For example, I work with this one lady who is a Bernie bro in and of itself, regardless of my own stereotype for them. She actually very hard campaigns for Bernie Sanders and is a member of socialist protesting groups and is very proud and argues with any and everyone about any political stance that you could possibly take in the office place. She prides herself on making other white men uncomfortable And in the beginning, I thought, this is hilarious to watch. She gets riled up. She wants to tell you her point of view. She wants to debate you then and there. And if it comes in the sake of progress or productivity, so be it. And I'm no workhorse. I like to watch a good drama in the office when I can. But she is relentless However, because I am the only black woman in my department, I am the closest thing she thinks she has to someone who connects. So she's always sparking up conversations with me and I go along with it like I do with anyone else. And from there, she's always mentioned in every conversation. I mean, you can't count them, but any and every time that she can slide it in, she always wants to mention that she's an ally. Now, that is in and of itself annoying, but when I'm doing my job at work, I'm actually very serious. Nothing that you are going to do is going to to project poorly on me. I've got enough of an uphill climb by myself, so people I work with shouldn't also be a hindrance. So since she works in a role that supports my role, it is often my job to give her feedback or have discussions about things that I want or need or have vision for, for the work that we're doing. But because she sees me as a friend, she's often always complaining about the different things that she's having to do. One, she's either not involved enough and she isn't being invited to enough things, or then it's, I'm too spread thin, and it's overwhelming, and I can't do everything. So it's this weird balance where unfortunately, I have found myself having to try and figure out how can I make sure that she's involved with everything that she thinks she needs to be involved with, but also expect tangible turnaround. And really, at the end of the day, what she really wants is to be In everything but not to actually have to do anything and honestly don't we all wish that but that's not the world we live in and it's not the world I can get away with so she has to do some tangible things that being said I've had to have that conversation with her I love the work that she does I think that when she does it it is fantastic but there is no timeliness to it and I could be waiting forever for things to be delivered because she just doesn't want to she will pick up a different project because it's more interesting it's kind of that fitting her fancy type of work so i i had to have a conversation with her about i need these things that i ask for in a timely manner and i understand that they aren't necessarily things that you always want to work on and i will work to make sure that they're exciting things But some of the stuff that isn't fun to do has to be done. And y'all are not going to believe this. The girl literally cried on me. I mean, we are sitting out in the open and she is sobbing. Boo hoo tears. And I'm not yelling. I'm not saying anything derogatory. I'm talking in this manner right here. And she is making a scene. So I start to, you know, oh, please calm down. This doesn't reflect poorly on what you're doing. Like I said, I love what you actually do when you do it. And she makes up some excuse that she has big tear ducts in that this always happens anytime she feels any overwhelming emotion. She just cries. So I'm trying to console her and she's like, no, continue on. Uh, just ignore the tears. Um, keep saying what you're saying, but everyone around is staring. I look like the aggressive black girl in the office, which is actually one of the biggest things that I really hate. I never want to be that black girl because the stereotype is that we're angry and we can't control our emotions and we're always out to harm someone. But I'm literally just giving this girl feedback. I'm so perplexed and. Everyone is staring. And so I'm trying to get her to calm down. She continues to cry for another hour and a half, y'all. And I'm not even talking to her anymore because at this point, I'd rather the conversation just be over. I am not in the position to deal with tears in the office. Then when people come up to her and they ask her what's wrong, she just says that she's had a rough day or that she's not feeling well or that she's making up these excuses so it's not pointed at me. But everybody can see that we were having a conversation. So I feel bad and I try not to focus on it. We don't talk about it again. But a few months later, I'm having to have this conversation with her again about her work. This time I've wised up and I've decided to book a conference room to have this conversation. And she does it again. I mean, boo-hoo tears. And what I learned is that she's been having these conversations with people that Courtney doesn't like my work. Courtney's uh, always being upset about what I'm doing, which is not what was happening. In fact, when she does do work, I give out awards. I sing her praises all over the office And I realize she is being mismanipulative because she doesn't get her way. She wants to cry and make me look like the bad guy. So in one of her crying sessions, I mention it. I say, hey, we're having a one on one conversation and you tend to agree with what I'm saying as far as feedback. So why is it that you would have this conversation and these rumors to go around about me, especially when you deem yourself an ally and you know that the the trope is that I'm going to be the angry black girl. And she gives me this, oh, I would never do that. I understand what you're saying. I totally agree. I think it's just a lot of other things going on in my life. And they're all welling up at once. But this is the second time I've not made this girl cry. And you're not bringing me to HR for no reason. So I make sure to tell my manager. I make sure to tell my senior manager, like, hey, I had a conversation with her. And she boo-hoo-hooed. So now they are making jokes about it, about her crying in the office, not about me. So I'm not in trouble, but I feel guilty. I've made someone cry twice and I was being as nice as I think I possibly can with the delivery. So then I just try to steer away from her. I do not give her work anymore. I actively do everything I need to do by myself. I have figured that it is easier for me to just do what I need to do than to have to worry about having confrontation with her. And she can sense it. So she constantly keeps trying to bait me. She's literally in the office baiting me to have conversation with her. Courtney, can you give me some work? Courtney, how did you feel about this comment said by the president? Like anything that she can come up to, She wants to. She interrupts conversations I have with other people. She tries to scoot next to me. She literally sits right next to me and scoots all of her stuff into my space so that we can work collaboratively together. And I'm not going for it. I'm not stupid. I'm polite. I'm cordial. But we are not friends. We are not buddies. And you are not going to get me into any more trouble. Not that I'm in trouble, but... You get that sense of feeling that, you know, one more time and you're probably going to get some kind of conversation. So I bring it up to my manager, my senior manager, that maybe they need to have a conversation with her and they talk to her and she doesn't cry because they're white women and nothing changes. She's still trying to get some sort of reaction out of me and I can't for the life of me understand why. She works with other people in the same roles and positions that I'm in. She could be having these conversations with them or getting work from them. She I am not her sole outlet for anything. So why does she keep pressing me? And then I get it. She wants me to be the mean person. She wants a reason to be able to cry and to, to get the attention that she thinks she deserves in the office at my expense. And even if she's not purely upset with me she thinks she knows the kind of attention she will get if the black woman is yelling at her and it took a white man to tell me that and I, it was so obvious but she spends her whole day acting as if she's the champion for black women when she is like any other white woman we've ever met miss manipulative the the song and the trope to help other people sounds nice until it can't serve you. So the best thing is what I did. I made sure that my leadership knew what was going on. She's now cried on me three times. And even though the same feedback has been given back by other white men in my position and higher, she's never cried on them. And they all make fun of her about it behind their backs. I mean, she is five years older than me and crying in the office at the drop of a dime. And these aren't little tears. I mean, red face, water works for hours. The second time it happened, she cried for two hours. I even walked her down to the CVS in our building so that she could get eye drops because it was getting out of control. And she was still crying. But the correct thing to do is make sure that your leadership is aware of what's going on. And I stop giving the feedback. Anytime I have a problem with what's going on, I one, try to deal with everything on my own, and two, make sure that my leadership can explain to her what the problem is or get the results that I need. And try to make sure that she works with someone else inside of me because it is extreme. But it's hurtful at the same time because if these are the people who are out in the world representing as allies, but at the drop of a dime can say, hey, this person is aggressive, this woman is mean and confrontational, and I'm actually one of the nice ones, then it makes me look even worse. That it's not about race then, that it, it is about me personally on a level, because no one's going to trust that the, the one black woman that she's upset with, is it she's complaining about because she's black, because she's acting as an ally in the world. Anyone white and who wouldn't understand what was going on would look at the whole situation and say, oh, she's not racist. So there's no point to think that she would just do this because that woman's black. Courtney must just be an awful person. And it's not true. And fortunately, I work with plenty of other people who know who I am, and my work speaks for itself. So she does end up looking like the fool in the situation, but the perception outside of the people that we directly work with could be harmful to me. So yes, you will find that in the workplace in corporate America, there are white people who want you to know that they are on your side they are your friends, they are your allies, they understand the plight that you're going through, and that they're going to look out for you. They're going to try and champion your cause. And in some scenarios, that works. And it's actually very helpful because a lot of the times the glass ceiling can't be broken for us until someone else of a more aesthetic appeasement to those in charge fight for you. And That's unfortunate, but it is the truth about corporate America. Some white guy, some white lady is going to have to give you some sort of backup, even when your work speaks for itself. And there are white people who think that that is the way to make themselves look good, even though they aren't really your allies. They just want to make a connection with you so that they can use you and it's up to us as black women in corporate America to try to have some discernment, make sure that we're trusting. I don't want us to be these uptight people who can't have relationships in the office, but we should be smart. Learn when to back away. Learn when people are trying to use you for their own agendas, regardless of what that is. And you even if you miss that cue, make sure that you're adaptable. There will be situations where you have to back away from people. And I know that everyone can't always get away from people they work with. I mean, you can't move teams because you're not getting along with someone makes you look like less of a team player. But be careful about the conversations you have. Start escalating things and make sure that you make it a point to try to have a conversation with the actual quote-unquote ally first, because maybe they don't recognize what they're doing and they can correct their behavior on their own. But if it continues, you can't be afraid to talk to your leadership about it and at least get it on record. Get it written down. Documentation is always key. That way, when something does blow up, you've got a paper trail. Now, my scenario with my coworker, could have been way worse. Fortunately, my leadership thought it was funnier to laugh at her than it was to address the problem head on for real. So I'm still consistently dealing with it. Nothing's actually been fixed. I've corrected my behavior. So the crying has stopped, but the antagon the antagonizing nature hasn't changed. Um, And because we work together so closely, she's not going away. But I am trying. And so the only person I can control is me. So as I make sure that my conversations are short, I make sure not to overload with any personal things. I do not engage her on her personal life. She continues to tell me things and I am still cordial because this is the workplace, but it is not overly friendly. And during this time, she has reached out multiple times to talk about different protests that she's been at and that if I needed someone to talk to about everything that's going on, she's there. I do not engage. I allow her to continue to act as if she is the ally for whatever attention-seeking problem that she has. But I feel like I'm a little smarter now. And I know what to look out for. Not everybody that says they are your friend is truly your friend. So that is my experience with the allies in the office. Um, If you've had a scenario or a situation of something similar... Where you're dealing with quote unquote allies in the office, but the victimhood trope and the mismanipulative agenda has weirded its ugly head. Send them in to the corporate Podcast at gmail.com or shoot me a DM on all my social media at underscore corporate court. I would love to read whatever problems that you guys have seen on the same subject. Uh, read them on the podcast in upcoming weeks, but just trying to figure out if I'm alone on this one. Um, so that's all I've got for this week. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Like I said, please send your feedback, um, to the email and the social media and until next time, toodles.